Chapter 29 of St. Bonaventure's Life of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by St. Bonaventure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 29 The Death of St. John the Baptist Here we may pause a while in meditation on the glorious end of St. John the Baptist. When the impious Herod and his infamous adulteress had perhaps already plotted the death of the baptist that they might escape the reproaches due to their criminal intercourse it happened that at a public entertainment herodias the wretched fruit of their incestuous bed danced so much to the satisfaction of herod that he promised her for a recompense the head of john and in consequence of this grant he was beheaded in the prison. Behold here how great a man is put to death, and how basely and ignominiously he is murdered by the iniquity of a reigning tyrant. Oh, great God, how did you suffer this? What can be the cause of the death of so great a man, one of such perfection and sanctity as to be taken for Christ? but if you would digest this well consider first the baseness and barbarity of his murderers and then meditate on the singular greatness and eminence of john and you will find fresh matter for surprise you have already seen above the many and great encomiums bestowed upon him by our divine saviour now hear what applauses saint bernard gives him in his panegyric on him that mother and mistress of all churches the roman church of which it is said i have prayed for thee peter that thy faith fail not received her consecration and badge in honour of saint john the baptist next after the name of our saviour it was indeed fit that the singular friend of his beloved spouse should pass thither when she was to be raised to her sovereign dignity peter was crucified paul was beheaded but the preference of dignity was still given to the precursor the purple of rome is the blood of martyrs the sovereign honor belongs to that holy patriarchate still john is everywhere greater singularly wonderful in all things and above all who was ever so gloriously proclaimed who was so amply replenished with the holy ghost in the womb of his mother whose nativity does the church solemnize except his who was ever so fond of the solitude of a desert who was ever known to converse so sublimely who was the first preacher of penance and the kingdom of heaven john who baptized the king of glory john who plainly revealed the sacred mystery of the trinity john to whom did christ ever give testimony but to john and finally to whom after christ and his mother does the church pay so much honor as to john john is a patriarch nay the last and head of all the patriarchs john is a prophet nay more than a prophet for him whose coming he foretells he points out with his finger 
John is an angel, and the chosen among angels, our Saviour testifying it of him, saying, Behold, I sent my angel, etc. John chapter 1. John is an apostle, and the first of apostles, and their prince, and the first of God's messengers. John is an evangelist, and preacher of the gospel, but the first in that office. John is a virgin, nay, the illustrious pattern of all virgins. The title spring of purity, and mirror of chastity, John is a martyr, and the encouragement of other martyrs, and the soul of martyrdom from the birth to the death of Christ. He the voice calling out in the wilderness, he the forerunner of the judge, and the herald of the divine word. He is Elias, and, till his coming, the law and the prophets were so many lamps that beamed forth brightly and warmly their beneficent influence. I pass over in silence the proficiency he made in angelic perfections, by which he not only imitated every degree of that heavenly hierarchy, but even emulated the highest in seraphic wisdom and virtue. Thus far, St. Bernard. Now hear that holy archbishop of Ravenna, St. Peter Chrysogonus, in a panegyric on the day of his decollation. The life of the Baptist, says he, is the school of virtue, the mastership of life, the plan of sanctity, and the model of justice, etc. If, therefore, you compare the excellence of merit and eminence of dignity in John with the littleness and groveling baseness of those who beheaded him, you cannot help being surprised. What shall a common executioner, the basest of the human race, be empowered to take away the life of so great, so good a personage, as if he were the meanest and most execrable highwayman or murderer? Behold him, then, with reverence and concern. How readily he stoops his neck to the command of this vile and reprobate butcher! How humbly he bends his knees, and, giving thanks to God, lays his neck on the block, and patiently receives on it the repeated strokes of the barbarous executioner. Thus departs the Baptist, that intimate friend, near relation, and familiar servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a confusion is this for us, who at the least visit of a trivial adversity lose all sight of patience. John, innocent John, meets death, and such a death, with cheerfulness, and we, stained with the spots of sin, and worthy the divine indignation, are unable to sustain the least contradiction or indignity, though but in bare words. Our Saviour was absent from the city when John was beheaded, though still in Judea. But when his death was published, our divine Lord wept for him, as did his disciples, and the Blessed Virgin, who had nursed him in his most tender infancy, and who still loved him with extreme affection. Our Blessed Redeemer, however, consoled her with telling her that it was expedient that he should die for the defense of the justice of his Heavenly Father, 
that he would soon receive the reward of his sufferings in heaven, and that it was not the will of the Almighty to protect his saints from death, since they are not designed for this world, their kingdom and country not being earthly, but celestial, that John was freed from the chains of the body, and the powers of death had no more force to retain him on earth, or to detain him from the kingdom of heaven, whether he would soon be transferred to reign with the Father. He then exhorts his blessed mother to be of good heart, as all was well with her beloved Baptist. Soon after this, Christ retired from these parts to Galilee. Dwell, gentle reader, on the preceding subjects. Endeavor to render yourself present to them, contemplate them devoutly and when you have completed your meditation on these heads as god shall be pleased to inspire you proceed to others and follow your blessed saviour step by step whithersoever he goes End of chapter twenty nine